Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, the more we know God, the easier it is trust Him. Stop for a moment, look back through your life. He's never failed you before. He's not going to fail us now. It could be tough, but He's ever-present. He's with us. He's here tonight. Even those of you that are parents with young children, man, we look at you, well, what kind of a world is it? It's all right. He's here. He's with us. The more you get to know God and the more history we have with Him, the easier it is to trust Him with every area of your life. Everyone, no matter their religious status, would probably agree the world is a scary place, full of uncertainty and steadily spiraling down. But not everyone can claim they have hope for what lies beyond the unknown. As believers, it's imperative we lay hold of God's truth, believe it, trust it, so that we can share the peace and confidence we have in Him. Scripture says there's a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. Share that good news today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 39, with our continuing study entitled, Really Getting to Know Our God. There's two dangers with knowing God. The first danger is dead religion or an unchanged life. Turn with me to John 5, 39. You're already in that book. And this is not only for unbelievers here. Those of you that are religious, and I don't have a thing wrong with you being religious, just so you understand that that won't get you where you want to go. But these verses you're going to read here are very important for Christians. John 5, 39. Jesus speaking. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me. Verse 40. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Jesus was speaking to the religious leaders of those days, the Jews, who had an impersonal attitude, really, about God. They had spent their lives amassing the knowledge of the Torah and the Word of God. They knew the details of the Bible inside and out. They knew all their laws. They were experts in the Torah in the Old Testament, but they didn't know God. And they didn't know Jesus, the Savior, God's Son. Jesus was saying that to them. So here's the danger. You can even be here tonight as a Christian. And you might already know God. You have a personal relationship with Him. But here's the danger. 
especially in a church like ours. God gave us the Bible so we could have a relationship with Him, so we could know about Him. It's much more than facts and figures and dates and locations and verbs and nouns and tapes and notebooks and overheads. Those are all good. But they must lead you to where there's something burning inside when you know that's God. You remember Jesus? One day He was walking, and right after His resurrection... He was walking with two disciples, and they didn't have a clue, and they're trying to say, well, oh, you know what happened in Jerusalem and whatever, and he's not letting out. He never showed them who he was until later when he sat down, and they said after he left, didn't our hearts burn within us? They didn't say, whoa, look what he's wearing, and put that down, and the Greek word here was this, and the Hebrew word was this. Let me have a tape of this conversation. They said, no, my heart burned within me. That, for a Christian, has to be something that's only done in our quiet time. Now, I believe in taking notes. You know it. That's why I spend all this time. That's why Connie and all the rest of these, Dave and all the rest of these people, put them on the overhead. I believe in tapes. I believe in Bible college. Absolutely. But with that, guys, don't get lost in the things and miss the Savior. Do you know that you can know about God and not know God? Much of our world tonight knows God like you just were introduced to somebody else. Now, the person you went to at the beginning of the service, you learned what two things about them? Name and where they're from. All right. And the count of three, you tell me both. One, two, three. Very nice. You know what? We now know each other. Is that right? Huh? What do you mean we know each other? That's when you see the signs and you don't make fun of them. They don't get it. They don't know how to know God. That's what they see. God, bless America. I'm praying to God. Who is God? I don't know, but I'm praying to him. I know there's a creator somewhere. By the way, many people will no longer be fools. Because the Bible says a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So... You see, you met somebody, you said, I, how are you, what's your name, and where you were from. Now, if I said to you later, tell me about them in the biblical knowledge of no, that intimacy of being able to understand the inside and out, the characteristics that they have in their life. Are they just and holy and good? You would say, well, I just met them. I don't know who they are. I mean, I know their name, that's all. Well, let me show you that. That's exactly the way the world tonight knows God, most of them. You can know about God and not know God. Simply hearing about God is not good enough. You're here tonight. You never have a personal relationship with God. You listen to this sermon. You come to church like millions of people will do this weekend. And you'll leave and you say, well, what did I learn? Well, you learned some facts about God, but you haven't known God. Second, simply professing to know God is not knowing Him. Third, simply practicing good works is not equal to knowing Him. Now, we need to do that. And lastly, simply believing in God's existence is not knowing Him. Do you know that demons do that? So, this deception about knowing about God and not knowing God is a great danger in our world. Second danger, and this is even more so for us that are believers, we can be lukewarm in a non-growing relationship. I have for you on the overhead Ephesians 1.17. That brings our third key up tonight, which is this. Really knowing God intimately allows us to become more like Him. Why would God 
since we're already made in his image, want us to know him. So that we'd understand his character, his attributes, and we could become like him. That's what this verse reads. Look at Ephesians 1.17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That's the part you want to circle. That you might know him better. Know. Know him better. Now when you were dating with your wife or your future husband, how did you get to know them? You spent a lot of time with them. And you thought you knew them. <laughs> Until the honeymoon changes took place. See, it's an ongoing. Now Linda and I have been married almost 35 years. I know everything about her. <laughs> Not a chance. She probably knows much more about me than I know about you women. It's something unique. I don't know what it is. But notice what Paul says. The goal is to know, know. Gnosko is the word. It means intimately. With my mind, with my heart, my will, my emotions. I know him. It's an ongoing, built relationship. Let me ask you a simple question. Christian, do you know God better tonight than last year? Well, how did you do that? See, it's from experience. So, you'll see what I put up there also. Eternal life is found in an ongoing experiential relationship with God. It's not some sterile, cold, ritualistic lifestyle of rules, regulations. And again, all that means is this. I'm not against ritual. We have lots of different kinds of styles of churches. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But if your relationship with God is kind of, it's just kind of dead and it's about rules, it's about regulations... You won't be growing in your knowledge of God. Now, to ex increase our experiential knowledge, we have to do three things. You have to continue to read God's Word. We pray, and I pray, that the Word of God will go forth. Because remember, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So people will not have faith in God unless they hear the Word of God. That's why we're teaching it. So you, if you're going to know God, this tells us all about God. I was thinking about this driving this morning. What if we didn't have the Bible tonight and I was trying to teach you about God? Would I have trouble? Well, we could go outside and look at the stars and some of those kind of things, but other than that, I'd be uh, in really big trouble. See, the world has an idea about God, but they've never even read the manual. So as you're in it, and I want to give you some homework right now. You ready? This homework a little early. I was going to do this tonight. I had more stuff to give. And I only started on this like Thursday because I thought KP was coming. So I had to put her together. But God help. Reread Genesis 11, 12, and 13. And as you're going through that area with Abraham, here's what I want you to do. I had it all ready, but I couldn't fit it in an hour and a half, so I'm not going to give it to you. Look at Abraham, who did not know who God was in chapter 11. He started as an idol worshiper, pagan. Look how God revealed himself and look at the characteristics that we talked about, holy and gracious and all, and all those things. You go through and look at those things. It'd be a wonderful study. You see, the Bible is filled with things in the character of God. And as you do that this week, he'll bless you. Secondly, we have to do what he says. You can't have an intimate relationship with God and know about him unless you obey him. And third, obviously, prayer. Two-way conversation. 
how much wonderful conversation has happened during these last few days. Many of us spent more time talking to God, interceding, than we have in months. Let me give you another area, because I don't have time this morning. 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 9. Here's some more homework. I'll read it to you in a minute. Don't turn there. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. And just listen to me. If we're Christ-like, we're going to be God-like. Is that right? Because God and Christ are the same. God the Father, God the Son. So if I'm Christ-like, and that's the reason for the Bible, let me just read to you what Peter says. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, if I'm a Christian tonight, that passage there in 2 Peter says, there's going to be some change in me. And it's going to be that I'm going to be like God. That's what his design is. If I know him, then I'm going to become like him. Here's our fourth point. Knowing God allows us to do life right here and now. Turn with me in the Old Testament passage, one of the prophets, Jeremiah chapter 29. You know the first verse, you may not know the others. Jeremiah 29. Listen to uh, Warren Wiersbe, what he says. You can make a living without knowing many things. How many are doing that? You're not really too smart, but you're making a pretty good living. That's right. I raised my hand right here. There we are. You can make a living without knowing many things, but you can't make a life without knowing God. You see, you cannot do life right. People are now seeing it. You cannot do life right without knowing God. Guys, if our security is in our government, if it's even in our president, if it's in your health, if it's in your wealth, then you're in for a big shock. Our security tonight is in God. It's never been any different. We just didn't realize. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm a business owner and everything's great. Hold on. So life is not about those kind of things. It's about people and God. Jeremiah 29, 11. Here's what God, since he knows you, he knows every single person in this room, think what he has in store for us. For I know, why does he know? Because he's all-knowing. The plans I have for you. I have for you as an individual, not just for this church, but as an individual person. You see, God is unique. I can know him as an individual. Your child can know him. You know, one of the interesting things to me, when I was in India, I've been there a couple times. When I was in India, I used to speak to the Indians, and I'm speaking to a translator. And 90% of those people, plus where I'm speaking, can't read or write. But man, do they know God. Well, how'd that happen? Because they heard the word of God, it's gone into their hearts, and they have a relationship with God. You see, we're here, we got the Greek, we got the, we got the computers, we got everything, and half of us don't even know God. Because it's facts and figures, it isn't alive in our heart. Look what he says, I know the plans for you, declares the Lord. What kind of plans are they? To prosper, 
Not to harm you, by the way, harm, it doesn't mean you won't be hurt. There will, there's plenty of hurts. Bad things happen to good people. We just saw it again. Not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. That's what's happening right now. That's what started to happen to our country. That's what's happening to Christians. We're beginning once again to seek Him, just like the nation of Israel. Some of you haven't been in church a while, and you, you can give me every excuse in the world. Guess what? All of a sudden, here we come back again. Some of us haven't been praying like we should, and there isn't a person in here that isn't going, oh, boy, God's really been speaking. There isn't a person in here, including myself, that God hasn't been dealing with. Am I right? I mean, we're beginning to understand what life's all about again. Kind of clearing it up, bringing back focus in our lives. And as he's doing that, it just means that God has a great, a great opportunity for us. He has a plan for my life. He's not true with us. He has more things for us. It's an exciting lifestyle. The more you know God, the easier it is to trust him. The more you know God, the easier it is to trust him. Just imagine that one night you're rushed to the emergency room in the middle of the night. And the ER doctor says, well, from what I can tell, you're going to need surgery, and I'm going to call the surgeon on call. Well, while you're waiting there to be checked over by the surgeon on call, you remember just yesterday reading that this hospital you're in had a big lawsuit because one of the surgeons has the highest death rate in all the hospital. Now, who do you think is going to come through that door? <laughs> well, as you're waiting, all of a sudden you look up, and guess who comes through? It's your surgeon, one who has operated on you before. Is there any relief? You see, what had happened with you is this. You put your life in his hands before. It's no big deal now. You see, the more we know God, the easier it is to trust him. Stop for a moment, look back through your life. He's never failed you before. He's not going to fail us now. It could be tough, but he's ever-present. He's with us. He's here tonight. Even those of you that are parents with young children, man, we look and go, well, what kind of a world is it? It's all right. He's here. He's with us. The more I know God, the more history I have with God, the easier it is to trust him in every area of my life. That brings us to the fifth point tonight. Knowing God allows us to have Hope after death. You see, because you and I were created in the image of God, we will be eternal. We will live somewhere forever. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 23. As we live in a world where bad things will continue to happen good people, can we still have hope for the future? Absolutely. Proverbs 23, 17 and 18. Do not let your heart envy sinners but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. That word hope simply means this, to wait expectantly with full confidence. To wait expectantly for full confidence. Now, all that means for us as Christians, the wisest man in all the world, King Solomon, says this, 
Don't worry about evildoers. God's going to take care of them. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't go after them. But, I mean, you, you can't get angry and bitter and all that. God will take care of them. We do what we need to do to protect our nation and our people, absolutely. But don't worry about it. God is all-knowing. He's perfectly just. In His absolute perfect timing, things will be dealt with. While that's happening, what should I be doing? Look at the verse again. Be zealous for the fear of the Lord. In other words, if I can put it in an easy translation that you'll understand. Be hot for God. You got it? In other words, none of this cold jazz. That doesn't mean we're going to run down the aisle now for next week or whatever. It just means that I'm hot for God. I'm pursuing God. I'm interested in the things of God, knowing that the rest of the stuff is just going to go away. Be pursuing your ongoing relationship. And last, just say this. Place your full confidence in God alone tonight. Just put your light tonight and go, God, I trust you with every single part of my life. If you're a father, I trust you with my children. If you're a mother, I trust you with my kids, grandkids. I trust you, God. I have full confidence in you. I have hope in you. You're all-knowing. You're all-powerful. You're all-good. You're just. You're holy. You're gracious. You have a good plan for me. It's okay. No matter what comes, it's okay. Turn with me to one passage. Psalm 33. I got emotional as I was reading this today, so I'll try to get through it. But I want you to listen to what God is saying to us tonight. Remember, this is his word, starting in verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all, all who live on the earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do, no king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help. He is our shield. In Him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope you. Are your hearts rejoicing tonight? Whatever the question, God is the answer. Whatever the question, God is the answer. In today's message, we learned that knowing God allows us to do life right, here and now. It's not only essential for our own peace of mind, but a key element in being an ambassador for Christ. What message do we send if we can't pull it together when life falls apart? We encourage you to spend some time really getting to know God because the more you know Him, the more credible you'll be when sharing the trust you've gained in Him. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now be sure and tune in next time when we will learn that in the life of a believer, change happens. It's inevitable. But if we don't learn to be flexible as it's happening, we'll grow stale, dull, and ineffective. God wants the exact opposite for us. He wants us to feel fresh, vibrant, and alive. He designed us to continually change, but He won't do it without our permission. You know you need to, but are you wise enough to allow it? Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world. A new hope He is giving. Lord, let us hear Your lesson.